There's plenty of, of Twi'leks like, with strong okay. chins and good complexions. He's just <laughs> right. not one of them. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figure. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cardcast. Newest news on the oldest toys. From bubble bath to belt buckles. From 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive with informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Sky and Steve talk about the worst character in the Star Wars saga, Bib Fortuna. We discuss different colored capes, amazing toothpaste, beezers, paint by numbers, and then are joined by the number one bib collector in the world, Phidias Barrios, who eventually regales us with the stories of his amazing collection and how it was made. No shirt, no shoes, ne jabba no bada on this month's Kivecast. Wampa Wampa! <laughs> Welcome to Kivecast 94. All right, so we just recorded the first five minutes of this episode with the wrong microphone. Uh, we're having all kinds of technological problems. That's why Steve's <laughs> laughing. But you know what, Steve? I think it's okay because the first five minutes can be can be condensed a little bit, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, no, no one cares <laughs> about my trip to Switzerland or my layover in, in, in Holland. What we do care about is the figure of the month, Steve. And as I said <laughs> in the first draft of this episode... It's too late. You've already listened this far. We have already gotten credit for you listening to us. If we had advertisers, we would be able to tell them that you listened. It's too late. You are listening to the episode about the worst character in all of Star Wars. What character is that, Steve? Uh, According to you, it's Bib Fortuna. (laughs) Yes. I hate Bib Fortuna. And, And the reasons why, I will say, number one, He's disgusting. When I was a kid, he made me feel ill. Like I would look at those pointy teeth and I'd look at those disgusting head things and I would just get sick to my stomach. (laughs) And the other thing is, Steve, like you were a child of the 90s and I was a child of the 80s. And when you were a child of the 80s, you knew a couple things. One, your house was definitely going to burn down. Uh Aha, a smoke detector. Every home should have at least one. Just having one isn't enough. And two, you were definitely going to be abducted and sexually raped and molested. Ah, that's Jenny. But that's not Jenny's dad. If she gets into that car, that may be the last time you'll see Jenny. I'm McGruff, the crime dog. See those kids? Every day in this country, 60 kids disappear. Some run away, but a lot are kidnapped by strangers. Or even by people they know. So write to McGruff. And teach our kids to protect themselves. Help, uh, okay. Right out of crime. <laughs> like, you don't understand the amount of public service announcements, how scared they had us. Yeah. So, so when I was growing up, like, I would walk home from school and they told you, okay, if you see the same car two days in a row, be careful. He may be trying to take you. So, like, there was just this Oldsmobile that was driving home from work, and I was convinced it was, like, that weirdo from Different Strokes who, who made Arnold take his shirt off and pretend to be a caveman or whatever. Like, I just knew that I was in danger. I would, like, run serpentine. I would hide behind bushes. I would go different routes. I yeah, lived. I'm, in, I'm picturing this. I can see it. Yeah. Yes. I, I lived in permanent fear of being abducted and murdered 
by by child predators. And that's who Bib Fortuna is. <laughs> it's scary knocking on a door, going into somebody's house. Yeah. Poor C-3PO and R2-D2 knock on the door, and he's all creepy and nebaga baga. Ah, and he's all like touching R2's dome inappropriately. He's got those creepy fingernails. Yeah. Exactly. This disgusting yeah. fingernails. <laughs> so it's not really his fault that I associate right. him with these fears. Right. But it is his fault that he sucks so much that he was the only figure on the pegs at Ben Franklin's in Cushing Square. So that <laughs> when my when my parents were willing to buy me a Star Wars figure... Like, I had to get a Bib Fortuna. I still have my childhood Bib Fortuna downstairs in a in a lunchbox. Right, right. But I don't want the thing. I don't feel nostalgia for it. It doesn't take me back to a simpler time and make America great again. It's just this, like, <laughs> it, it, it still fills me with repulsion and, and, and odium. I just... It's a, yeah, it's a cursed object. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's Bib Fortuna. And... I think, Steve, that's it. That, that, that it's been a good month. Uh, what's the figure next month? No, all right, fine. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about this thing. We're, we're going to bring on Phidias Barrios, mm-hmm. uh, the Bruce White killer. Uh, he's going to be. He's going to come on. He's going to talk about his run, the most amazing and pointless run in all of Star Warsdom. <laughs> um, I, I'm officially going to stop saying bad things about okay. Fortuna. All right. And then once I'm done, Steve, I'm going to treat him like any other. See, the thing is, the characters that you made me love, like <laughs> through exposure, are like right. background characters, like Nikto, or yeah. or you know the the Death Squad security commander, guard, <laughs> Bespin security guard. Like I can come to love them and sort of like them. This is not at all that. This is a no, character I've a... just negative feelings towards. But that's all going to change. And it's going to change right at the four minute and 37 mark of this recording, which is going to happen right. So, Steve, what I love about Bib Fortuna, great (laughs) character. Let's get some positive. Just great character. I mean, I'm a language guy, so I love that he's a translator and that he works next to, 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 to Jabba. And the thing is, like, George Lucas is so brave for putting such a challenging character in the beginning of the movie. I mean, this is like a kid's movie, and the real, like, your heroes interact with this actually quite frightening figure. So, grotesque, yeah. Grotesque. <laughs> and I think that's awesome that, that George Lucas did that to children and forced them to do something <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that movies do that anymore. I don't think they start with really gross, uncomfortable characters. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of his uh, design, uh, there's there's quite a bit of a uh, information on that. I don't know if we we're ready to get into it yet because it's it ties into exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about his design. Um, yeah. I did also want to say the weird thing that they did in the Star Wars expanded universe. Oh. Of making sexy Twi'leks. <laughs> so like, it's a whole other thing, right? Where there's like. Ula, and then there's Ayla Secura. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the rebels pilot, right? Yeah, Ula Sunduli, yeah. whatever. It's kind <laughs> of a funny thing where they took the ugliest, most hideous thing, and it's not even like that species is ugly. It's just like he's ugly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, there's plenty of of Twi'leks like, with, with strong right. chins and good complexions. He's just <laughs> right. not one of them. 
no, there's some there's some uh, Fabio Twi'leks out there, and it's not him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, before we got cut off, Steve, you were talking about the about the coin, and you were talking oh, about right, right, right. about what yeah. you liked about the the text on the coin. How does they refer to him on the back of the coin? So on the back of the coin, he is referred to. Let's see. One second, just had it. Ah, here we go. A gruesome-looking low-life creature. <laughs> That's awesome. Just a low-life creature. Yeah, he's a low-life. <laughs> and and on the other side, it has his name. So if you're thinking, you know, well, how could you describe this? Let's pretend you're making a coin for kids, and a coin you, for kids. And you remind you, remind yourself of that. <laughs> yes, and you put this fairly hideous character with multiple testicles and buttocks on his forehead. <laughs> um, if you look at the coin, like you'll see what I'm saying. If you're looking at the the, uh, the enhanced version, you can definitely see that. Um, and it just gives his title as Major Domo. <laughs> right. Did you know what that meant, Steve, when you were a kid? I mean, no. I, when I was a kid, that this was the only instance of that word that I ever came across. It's like one of those weird things that Star Wars does is when you when you have kind of a you know, not super common term that that gets used in Star Wars. It kind of sticks in your head forever, and that's your only association. Right. Um, so, like with with Major Domo, all I the first thing that comes to mind is this gruesome looking low life creature. <laughs> well, because I now love Bib Fortuna, as you know, favorite character. Uh, yeah. Because Bib Fortuna, then Chewbacca. Um, a really fun thing about about Major Domo is what it means. So if you look up the etymology of the word, um, it mostly is used in Spanish, mayordomo, or Italian, mayordomo. But it all comes from the Latin root, majordomus. So major, <laughs> like truly meaning like the chief, like the absolute top, like just like in the military, you can't get higher than, than a major. Right. And then domus, the house. Right, right. So it's yeah. like the the so the, the actual translation, the actual definition of the word is the head steward of a large household. Of the house, right, right. So that's kind of cool because it's like he's not the leader. Obviously, that's Jabba, but you need somebody to run everything. To run your house, yeah, right, right. So I think that's an interesting character idea the job of the hut obviously i mean he can't even walk so how is he going to do anything <laughs> so right, to have yeah. to have this major domo um i don't think there's any other major domos in star wars <laughs> none none come to mind no no <laughs> so that's yet another awesome point for bib fortuna hooray bib fortuna okay see what else did you want to say now that we've caught up on the stuff that was lost on the bad microphone <laughs> well Speaking of his title, that 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 does tie into a uh, a script note, so Ooh. we could we could go that route. We can flip the script. Yeah. Or or is this behind the Steve? It's it's going to be both, I guess. Let's go behind the Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. You ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So. Speaking of his title of Major Domo, so in the early drafts of the script, he had a different title. It okay. was <laughs> The High Beezer of Hoth. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Um, a, what is a beezer? I had no idea. Never. That's another <laughs> one of those, like, on un, uncommon terms. <laughs> but I guess it just, you know, it's an old English word for you know, a chap, a person. 
So okay. he's the high the high chap of and now, <laughs> now why why Hoth? I, I'm not sure. It, it's strange because the the old StarWars.com entry on Bib had it as that, and uh, a couple other sources did. But then in another thing, I saw it was the high beezer of Hut, which made much more sense to me. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, the high beezer is is. Uh, is uh, is Bibb's original title, and he's described as a wizened old man dressed in a dark cloak and tall hat. Now, if that sounds more like your prowler than than, yeah. uh, than uh, the what you end up with in the end, but uh, yeah, so that that's the script aspect of it. But um, oh, and then and then you sent pictures of uh, of what this looked like originally. Yeah, yeah. So Ralph yeah, a little bit more like the... like a like a. Uh... Imperial Dignitary, his kind of earlier yeah, versions. Definitely. Yeah. So so Ralph McQuarrie was the guy who did the original designs for Bib and he this is a quote from the that great book that came out I guess like a year or two ago, the McQuarrie Star Wars book. Uh he says, My early sketches for Bib Fortuna were among my favorite renderings renderings from the whole Star Wars trilogy. I didn't do the design that wound up in the film. Uh the final design was better, it was weirder. Uh, but my guy was more human, and George liked the silver snow goggles. So, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, in one of these with his weird tall hat, he's got these goggles on his head, which uh, yeah, it, it's so uh, unlike what what they went with. But I just love that 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 was one of Ralph's favorite designs was was this weird like Ebenezer Scrooge Beezer Bibbertuna. Yeah, he looks almost uh, like a like a gorilla. Wearing a quokkaiutal tribal hat, yeah, and right. steampunk glasses, yeah, yeah. You see that, Steve? If they had made that, I would probably be a Bib Fortuna focus collector. Because <laughs> this awesome, cool high hat is just yeah. super yeah. wicked. Yeah, it's uh, it is very uh, very very different from what they went with. Um, but uh, yeah. So speaking of what they did go with, um, so you know. Everyone knows he's got these gross tentacles on his head, and and uh, he's kind of got some fancy garb. So the 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 next designer was you know Nilo Rodos Jumero, and and what he had said about Bib was that uh, he's one of those people I consider who aspire to have power, but in reality don't have any. Uh-huh. He wears metal on his costume to let people know that he's powerful. And in my drawings, I gave him a refined feminine posture, and he wears a cloak and some kind of armor. Uh, and then Phil Tippett gave him the brain that kind of hangs around. <laughs> yes. So I guess that's... <laughs> ooh, ooh. And uh, and he thought the marriage between the two concepts was perfect. Uh, and it was also Phil who gave him those weird teeth, you know, like a saw. <laughs> so that that was uh, uh, the second designer's take on, on Bib Fortuna, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool, Steve. So you, you really had this idea of these three people... Who, right. You know, so Macquarie then just totally ignored, and then Nilo Rodeo Jamero Badero uh, <laughs> ended up designing it, and then Phil Tippett just had all these little extra added details. Right. Right. It seems it's like really like it was a... Phil Tippett that made it gross and disgusting, and yeah, and I, I hate it. Yeah, I think that the, you can blame Phil Tippett, um, which you know it makes sense when you think about it, with him being the the, the monster creature guy. He's going to try and make it as gross and nasty as he can. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of where he came from. And another weird, just side note is uh, there is a character in Rogue One <laughs> that goes by the name Beezer Fortuna, and he's appa- and he's apparently Bib's cousin, who's got a you know a lighter heart. <laughs> wow. 
You know that? Have you seen that weird guy? He's a weird Bib Fortuna looking guy. No, I uh, haven't, but it's been a, he's, it's been a while. Yeah. You know, Steve, I haven't seen Rogue One since it came out in theaters, and I went to go buy it on uh, on Blu-ray. Yeah. But the day that I went to go buy it, um, there happened to be a Nintendo Switch in the store, and my daughter <laughs> found it, and we started playing Zelda, and that was... There, there went that. <laughs> there went that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see it again, though. I, I hear it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, next time you can look for, for Beezer Fortuna. He's in there somewhere. Um. Ew, he's even grosser. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's somehow grosser. Yeah, the Fortunas do not have, have good uh, good genetic lines. No, no, not good genes. Um, so, so we, we are going to yeah. get to, to Phidias soon. I think maybe what would be fun would be to have my Skyku. Yes. It may be a little negative. <laughs> I assume that might get a little dark. A little bit. <laughs> Okay, um, this is going to going to mention what I've already mentioned, and of course, it's going to mention the most famous thing about him, as far as Star Wars collectors go, which is his cape. So, here is my Sky Coup from Bib Fortuna. Major Domo cape, pointy teeth, pond scum, slime face. Bib Fortuna. Filth. <laughs> yeah, filth. That's a good that's a that's a good descriptor for him. Yes. Um, it's if there's a one word, that's it. Filth. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like calling him because you know I always have to indicate some kind of nature. So referring right. to him as having pond scum slime face. Right. Um, yeah. I was uh, I was I was proud of that. I thought that worked. That, that's uh, a- Nicely. Maybe not my That's best work, Steve, but you know what? How can you do best work with Bib Fortuna? Right. <laughs> um, although, you know, I did actually, I did want to name my band in high school Diggs Fortuna. Oh. I just thought that sounded cool. <laughs> um, uh, that's, you know, that would have, who knows what would have happened if you had done that. <laughs> yeah, we, we still would have never done anything. Um, <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, let's see. Should we – you have many Bib Fortuna segments. Some of them are with Phidias. Some of them are with are, are not with Phidias. Yeah. Um, I think what you want to do is talk about something unloved. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. You don't hate – all right, Steve. So we're we're in the unloved, and uh, we we just got a message from Phidias saying he will not be able to record today. So right. we're going to record everything we can without him. Um, yes. Although I am tempted to call and leave a message for him from Bruce White. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna save uh, a market watch, which I have created. Right. Thank you very right. much, Steve. You usually do all that stuff. Um, and uh, we'll save kind of like the story of a collector because he's the number one collector of that. Um, but let's talk about this unloved item because obviously <laughs> everything with Bib Fortuna is unloved because there's yeah. nothing lovable about him. Right. By um, default, all items are unloved, but it's it's hard. It, you know, it's a challenge to find one that, that is, is this grotesque, I think. Okay, so what is it that you've described, Steve? <laughs> okay, so this is a uh, paint-by-numbers set from uh, Craftmasters. There was a line of these, you know, uh, paint-by-number 
you know, designs where you, you know, have a picture and you do your little bit by bit, uh, you know, non-creative, they assign the color drawing. Um, but anyway, what this is... Well, it's, it's is, kind of... It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Of, you, you can. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually did a lot of these when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, so this... There's a line of these for Return of the Jedi, and this image is... Uh, it's Jabba the Hutt as, like, the main image here. But then right behind his corner is this terrifying depiction <laughs> of of Bib Fortuna, which I, I think I, I got this at a celebration years ago just because it, it scared me this much. Uh, but he's got this very Nosferatu look to me. He looks exactly like the old vampire from the silent movies. Yes. Uh, it's, it's horrifying. He's got these really bright red eyes and he's got these two Nosferatu fangs like protruding from his mouth. Right. Because he, and, he, uh, he has pointed teeth, but not necessarily right. fangs. Not, not vampire teeth like like they are here. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I just love this this image, and I love this kind of strange. Um, he's not. He's just in the background, really ominously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I love the artwork on these, and there's other great ones too. I mean, I think there's one of the the Rebo Band and maybe Lando Skiff, but this is the one that really stood out to me. So. Uh, I had been saving this. I'm like, I know one of my unloved Bib Fortuna items going to be <laughs> in the years ahead, whenever that's going to be. So, wow. Um, yeah, I just love this thing. Yeah, it's it's some of that that great last remnants of original art that you could have yeah. in Star Wars, right. Right. and it's nice because the there's something about the expressions on their faces. Uh, Jabba yeah. looks really neutral. Very neutral. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even really look... Because he usually looks kind of happy or like smugly smiling. Yeah, um, yeah. But here, not really. And behind him, there's this doorway that has this these sort of like like flames that looks like almost. It's like the, the, right. the, the indication of a light hanging out from behind him. Yeah. Um, one could almost say it was a halo, although I don't think it necessarily is. Although there's something semi-religious about this iconography. Um, there's <laughs> something about how forward-looking they are. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but certainly uh, they they are, and the Jabba's weird pipe thing also. The, right. There definitely was some artist who made this who decided yeah. to do something interesting by putting yeah. these these three figures: the pipe, Jabba, and, and Bib Fortuna. Yeah, I feel like this would be a like a great like T-shirt. Uh, this artwork or a, just a a print on the wall even. Um, yeah, and it's also kind of cool i mean i these this set had uh glow in the dark accents so you could really <laughs> make this strange by uh by uh turning off the lights i guess um and so so <laughs> you you have this steve i do yeah yeah it's uh i guess I, I picked it up years ago um yeah definitely one of my favorites wow nice awesome well i would say that we should go directly into uh the the nugget but of course mm -hmm. that's going to be phidias Yes, right. So we'll have to do other stuff, Steve. <laughs> um, yes. The next couple things. Okay, so there's two things about Bib Fortuna. One of them I like, okay, which is about teeth, mm -hmm. and the other I don't. I knew about, you wouldn't like it. Which yeah. is about capes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm feeding off of your, your anxiety and, and anger. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> from, from previous episodes. <laughs> so, Steve, let's get to the vintage vocab with okay. Bib Capes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
All right, Steve. So let me tell you what I know about Bib Fortuna's capes. Okay. There are different color capes for Bib Fortuna. This is true. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know what's <laughs> where. I know people pay thousands of dollars for one and zeros uh-huh. of dollars for the other. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the the one the standard one is like tan kind of gray. Is that right? Yeah, it's kind of like a tan gray color. And I, and I have to say, like I, I had this figure as a kid too, and that was my absolute favorite thing about him was that that kind of trench coat cape because I would just I would use it on all my other figures. Um, ah. And I just and it, but I would also I would always put it back or have the way it was, but it was just I don't know that that was as a kid like a young kid that was one of my favorite accessories was that that cape. Okay, but so anyway, so that's um, the standard cape. Right, there's a standard kind of grayish tannish, almost yeah, yeah that sounds about right color. Uh, okay, Great. and now, that's the end of the episode. Wonderful. Right. <laughs> Now I'll try and keep this this brief. Okay. Um, now, what are the other colors? How many other colors of cape are there for Bib Fortuna? There are three other colors. Three. Okay. Three. What are yeah. those color names? Give them in one yeah. word each. All right. Red. Red. White. White. Uh-huh. And burgundy. <laughs> red. I mean, burgundy's kind of red. Right, and that's that's where it gets a little a little difficult okay. to red, discern. Red, white, but... and burgundy. Yes. All right. Got it. Okay. So let's go. <laughs> let's go in order. Right? Okay. The yeah. red, white, and burgundy. Okay. So what is a red cape, Bib Fortuna? All right. So the red cape uh, is, you know, contrary to popular rumor, it was never released as a production figure uh, at all. It was only used in Kenner photography. So it's a you know a prototype piece. And it's on the 77 back card and I guess in some JCPenney multi-packs. Um, in terms of, you know, there are a lot of, I guess this is the other thing we should say about the capes is that there are a lot of fakes of them out there over the years. I think many have been created. So it's always kind of rough trying to, to pick up one of these that's that's real. Um, so the red one, that's, that's the one that's pre-production Kenner used for photography. That's okay. Basically, so, all you need to know about red. So, how many of these are there? That I'm not sure. I don't think there's very many. Um, that's yeah. It's it's few. Um, okay. Because <clears throat> all right. Because have you have you found where it was for sale? No. Okay. No. I have. So it was being sold oh. by by Brian Rockfall. Ah. Rock, okay. Rockfall. Rockfall. Um, and he's been a long time dealer. Um, right, right. He, I've never met him. I remember on Rebel Scum, he said something that's one of the funniest things I've ever read in the history oh, of yeah? Star Wars collecting. Yeah. So he was he was selling a uh, a boxed Han Hoth twelve inch figure. So okay. uh, a very rare pre production item. He has tons of really 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 good stuff. Right. Right. And uh, and he was like he was selling it. I think he was selling it for like ten grand or something that at the time, thirteen years ago, was way too high. And people were were commenting yeah. back and forth. And his quote was, "I suppose the Han Hoth is not for the members of this board." <laughs> and and just the way that he said it was just so funny because it's just like clearly this rabble cannot appreciate the amazingness that I'm selling. <laughs> So, uh, so he was okay. selling this uh, this Bib Fortuna, okay. and this is what he wrote. 
Call it pre-production. Call it a prototype. It would be hard to have an in-depth discussion about rare vintage Star Wars action figures without the infamous Red Cape Bib Fortuna getting a clear mention. Far, far rarer than most rocket fets, most collectors have never had the opportunity to hold, less own, an authentic specimen. Teased only from a couple card backs and period promotional material, this legendary figure never saw production, and today no genuine examples are known to exist on card, even as samples. There seems to be some competing theories as to exactly how many of these red cape bib fortunas have been discovered, which Mm. is hardly surprising as figures changing hands over the years can sometimes erroneously skew a census. But at the time of this offering, only an additional three examples and one hard copy can be accounted for and held tightly in collectors' hands. Mm. The distinctive rich red of the cloak, the unique stitching and almost metallic-looking orange-red lining is a distinct contrast to the burgundy cape figures that Lily Letty made that did see some limited release in Mexico. So, there you go. So, according go. To, to Brian okay. Rockfowl, there are at least four of these. Okay. Uh, All right. Which is weird. Why would there be four? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah. okay, so, so here is a, a red cape bib fortuna that was used for pre-production photography uh early images and catalogs and back of card backs and somehow um there's there's a really charming if you go to the archive and you click on this there's a really charming super old thing on the archive um which by the way steve (laughs) it's 2018 do you know what that makes 2019 Ooh. Uh, it's an anniversary of some kind. Yeah, the archive <laughs> turns 25. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be celebrating wow. that all next year, Steve. I forgot to tell you that. Um, <laughs> I so, like this. So it's good. This page must be 25 years old. It, um, yeah. It, it, it's written by Chris Jorgulius from the description of Gus Lopez. It's got the awesome old marbled archive uh, uh, back. And it's a picture of a, a faked red cape Bib Fortuna. And this is this is the thing, okay? All of you new collectors, I know. It's hard seeing these people who've been collecting for 25, 30 years talk about stuff and act so high and mighty. So this is great because very clearly, Gus and Chris both got hoodwinked on this figure. And <laughs> the way that this is written is so just like, I can't believe we got tricked. So here's what it says. This is one of the most convincing faked carded figures that have er to ever reach the secondary market since it managed to fool several knowledgeable collectors. Ever since (laughs) a Bib Fortuna with red cape appeared in Canada literature, collectors have been claiming these were spotted in package as a production item. To make the situation worse, most of the Star Wars price guides list this as a production item. The Uh reality is that no, bolded, no red cape Bib Fortuna have turned up in production runs. There are a couple of these in Kenner baggies that came from Kenner employees. This particular carded version was formed by opening a carded Bib Fortuna and resealing the bubble. Although the picture doesn't convey it, upon close examination, it is astonishing how well this was carried out. It is surprisingly easy to create a fake carded figure, much to my dismay. Chris <laughs> oh, R.G. <man>. Jorgulius. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's just fun. Everybody gets fooled. If you feel like, oh man, there's so many fakes now, collecting just isn't any good. Yeah, this is this has been a <laughs> yeah, a long time brewing. Yeah, but I think that's you know some pretty good information about where those other ones might have come from. Yeah, well, that's that's great. And you yeah, know, I did this, this much def- this much work today, Steve. Did you? 
Hey, you're packing it in. This is good. I, I am. I, I sort of didn't really talk to you before we started recording. Um, I actually started uh, working on a video that I'm making about Kanye. And, uh, and I, I stopped my video essay about Kanye and said, no, no, no. I need to think about what's more important, which is today's episode. So, <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a busy day. Yeah. It is. It is. Every, every day is busy with me, Steve. Okay. Yeah. So. That's the, the red next, cape. The next color? Okay. Okay, okay. So the red cape, there has been one for sale in the last year. Okay. They only exist in uh, as prototypes, and they have fooled both Gus and Chris. Okay. <laughs> now, what is a white cape? <laughs> so this is a, a similar case where these were never produced, but it's, it's a, the same cape, but just in a white cloth color. And uh, with this one, some of these have turned up actually as like carded samples. So this this one example that we have from the archive, it's on a Walrus Man uh, 47 back. And it's got the, the, the figure looks pretty much the same, but it has the white cape and uh, it was a hand applied bubble. Um, and I think Ron wrote this entry. Uh, and he makes a good point about, you know, having to kind of just test to make sure that the bubbles can hold this figure with this kind of bulky cloak. Um, so with the white ones, it looks like some made it onto uh, these Wallace Man cards. It's kind of just carded sample and, and testing the, the construction of the bubble itself. Um, so the white, I don't know. I, I didn't dig too deep in terms of numbers on that. But um, according to this other entry, though, it's, the white might actually be rarer than the, than the red. Um, which that's interesting. I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's changed since this was written. But um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. About, well, uh, well. Once again, Brian Rockfall comes to the rescue. Aha! There we go. So he had these. I mean, these were for sale. He had a, a red cape bib and a white cape bib at Celebration, whatever the last Celebration was, Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, the one in Orlando. Orlando? I, I don't maybe? remember. I don't remember anything, Steve. Um, oh, but stay tuned to next month because we'll be talking about the archive party and when it's coming yes. out. Yes. Okay. So he was selling a white cape Bib Fortuna. Uh, okay. What do you think he was selling it for, Steve? At Celebration? Uh, uh, I'm just going to throw out $11,000. He was selling it for 38000 <laughs> Oh! I don't know if he sold it or not. Oh um, but this is his listing on eBay because it was on eBay as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. This amazing specimen is one of only three known to exist on card, all found late 1990s, along with two or three loose figures attributed to cut card or baggy examples. Mm. Such MOC specimens are believed by some in the hobby to be best described as, quote, engineering pilots, as they most likely would have been created for a specific purpose by a Kenner engineer to better evaluate the evolution of the toy and, and packaging pre-market. At present, only two or two of the three card examples have been submitted for grading, and the third exists in relatively poor state with heavily creased card and lifting blister. Mm. And he once again uh, mentions that it's uh, much more rare than a rocket fet, which yeah. is true, yeah. except it's nasty, stupid, ugly Bib Fortuna and not a Boba Fett. <laughs> I would rather own a loose Boba Fett like missing an arm than this <laughs> prototype. Positivity, Sky. Positivity. I mean, I would love this. Do you know why I love this, Steve? Because this is Bib Fortuna with Walrus Man. Now, Walrus yeah. Man arguably can be considered the true predecessor Ugliest. to Bib Fortuna because yeah. he was really right. ugly. He has testicular face problems. 
Uh, you can even imagine that that the, the the testes on the front of his face like expanded and grew over time, and he just became Bib Fortuna. Oh man, oh. they are very similar in their low lifeness. Um, yes, that's true. They share that. Okay, so then the white cape we are saying is just carded sample and they were trying to figure out the material for the cape right right and then there was a, a couple of other i guess yeah bagged examples too but yeah that one that one is the only one i think in terms of the the weird capes like this that are on cards so yeah that's white so we've got okay. we got two down okay red white and burgundy <laughs> blue red yellow okay <laughs> all right so uh and you you alluded to this in, in your, your little excerpt from Brian, but so the Burgundy cape, which it's just, I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Um, I'm Bib Burgundy. Yeah. Right. Um, so that cape was actually, yeah, produced in some small quantity on the Lily Letty line. So there are some, uh, Lily Letty produced Bib Fortunas that have a Burgundy caped or Burgundy colored cape. And it's weird because, yeah, some of these images, like there's an old one on the archive that it really does look like a, a burgundy kind of like almost like a velvet robe that he's wearing. Uh, but then some of the more recent pictures of these, it almost looks like they've, they've kind of degraded a bit. And it's it gets to be looking more brown than burgundy. But that's, yeah, I guess initially it was, you know, a burgundy colored cape that was released in Mexico. Okay. So... Why? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I it, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, it has something to do with with the representation of the red on on that early promotional imagery, and they were trying to to go with something along those lines. Um, that'd be my best guess. But and maybe they switched over uh, fully to the the kind of brownish gray once uh, once that was kind of set, you know, as the main color of the figure i don't know but uh okay you know it's see, strange i i accept that i accept that as being the <laughs> as correct a, as answer a, but, maybe a, a possible answer but, but not all lily Letty bib fortunas had the burgundy cape no no so they they also had you know a, a more similar to the u.s production version kind of brownish gray and they're if you wanted to get into the variants i guess there are a couple of different shades but i i with that i kind of just split it between the, the burgundy and the non-burgundy <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, yes. And actually, hey, you, you survived that segment. Yeah. I did. I did. You included a link to uh, the SW Space Club, which is run by W. Boba Fett, uh, which has a lot of good pictures of all these variations. Um, yes. And uh, and actually, the the Mighty Jabba dot com. Um, yeah. Is a site that you linked to for the the paint by numbers. Yeah. Kit. Um, those are both really good sites that I haven't I spent do, a lot of time on. Yeah, no, my they're both. I, mean, I love the mighty Java one because I I love all the Java Palace characters, and it's mainly Java focused. But there's some great stuff on there. Who who runs that? That's a good question. Um, I was looking around. I was trying to find it, and everything is like super cute. And like I'm Java, and I'm running this whole thing. And I'm like, all right, great. But what's your actual name? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I, I've been to that site many times over the years, but yeah, I'm not sure who actually runs it. Okay, well, if you're the one who runs it, let us know, and we'll interview you for a Java segment. Right? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because we need a Java segment. 
I mean, we were gonna have to, yeah. I mean, we uh, Matthew Barthol- Bartholomew, Matthew Bartholomew. Uh, yes, we did interview him about something Jabba related, but then that was the episode that got lost to my computer a long time ago when we yeah. interviewed Matthias and Mathieu. Um, right. So. Yeah. All right, Steve. We made it through the red, white, and burgundy. Good yes. job, Steve. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I feel like I learned something. That's good. Um, That's good. <laughs> and do I care? That's the question. Is it more interesting? Than, well, let me see if I have any belly button lint. First of all, um, <laughs> I don't have any, so I, I will say it's more interesting than belly right. button lint. And you got to ask yourself, audience, am I actually picking at my belly button? You know the answer. It's too horrible Ed. to confront. All right. So then, Steve, <laughs> before we wrap it up and get to Phidias tomorrow, mm-hmm. I suppose yes. we should talk about the dental hygiene. <laughs> segment yeah <laughs> this is well, great steve i love yeah. this i i thought you you might enjoy it um and it's just one of those great ironies that uh this character that has the most awful teeth in all of star wars has two interesting dental products related to him um which one did you want to talk about first the the oral b uh promotion no, no or... let's talk about colgate okay okay that that's yeah. Well, hey, what, what about your uh, your Grail scale here for for the Colgate? <laughs> yes, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a virtual Grail, right? There's yeah. there's very few. I, I yeah of these I think out it's here. Just so, one, I, as far as I could tell. There's only one confirmed example. All right. Well, let's not get too cute. Yeah. Let's describe what yeah. we're talking about, Steve. Yes. Yes. So so we have a. Colgate toothpaste box that has, you know, it's a red box with a little bit of an extension on the top with a bubble, like a plastic opening that has a Bib Fortuna action figure stuffed in there like it would be a toothbrush. Yes. <laughs> and uh, these are from Spain, right? So it was a promotion uh, when Jedi was released in Spain, uh, I think in 84. And it's, uh, there are, I guess, there's a biker scout also pictured in, in some publication that's in a similar box, but in terms of examples that are known in the flesh and know know where they are, there's this one Bib Fortuna, and it's it's in Sansweet's collection at Rancho Obi Wan. Right. So it's basically the only example known of right. of any figure in a Colgate box. Right. With a tube of toothpaste. Right. And, yeah. and there's so many things. Okay, so if we look yeah. at this box, because we're never going to talk about this box again, Steve. So let's just... Probably not. This let's is just it. get yeah. into it. Okay. First of all, yeah. it says, Gratis! Una figura de... El retorno del Jedi. Ah, there it is. Um, it's been a while since... <laughs> yes. And of course, they say in Spain, retorno, and they say, regreso in South America. In... Right, uh, right. And then underneath it, they say, Ay, 70 <laughs> figuras diferentes, coleccionalas! So it says they have 70 figures to collect. Right. So that's pretty cool because that, that puts it very much in the Tri-Logo era, right? Yeah. Because on the back yeah. of the Tri-Logo, they had 70 possible figures. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, it says here, you know, B-Fluor, doble protección. So they say <laughs> what kind of toothpaste it is. Preven las carias antes de que les aparezca. So it prevents uh, cavities before they appear. Right, uh, right. Gel frescor suave. So you got suave on there. Frescor okay. suave. Yeah, I like, I like that. So there's that. So that's yeah. the front of the box. And on the, the front, side right. of the box, it says, Gratis una figura de Star Wars again. But it's the back of the box, Steve, that makes you dream. 
Yes, absolutely. It's the back of the box that haunts you. And, and as a focus collector, I looked at it and just said, please, dear God, because there's pictures of all these different figures. And I just said, please, dear God, may there not be a picture of Chewbacca on here. Well, well, I think you're, you're kind of in trouble there. Yes, because it is a picture <laughs> of Chewbacca. So in theory, every single one of these figures that is on the back is in some version of Colgate toothpaste. <laughs> or was at one point in history. <laughs> was at one point in history. So yeah. I will read off the characters right now. Emperor's Royal Guard. Logre, mm-hmm. Stormtrooper, mm-hmm. Weequay, Imperial Commander, Boosh, Bespin Security Guard, Darth Vader, this is Squidhead, he's from Star Wars, Rebel <laughs> Commando, Luke Jedi, Klaatu, Reyes, Bib Fortuna, AT-AT Commander, and Chewbacca. Last but not least. <laughs> yeah. So that was what, 16? Yeah, that's a good number. I mean... Well, wait, you know what's strange? Uh, biker Scout's not on the there. The Biker Scout's not on there. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. That just uh, that just makes a whole mess of things. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, this, this Steve, okay, this I would rather own. Okay, here's <laughs> a question. Would you rather own the, the mock-up Bib Fortuna white cape or this, this Colgate Bib Fortuna? I, I got to go with the Colgate. It's okay. just so so bizarre. Um, okay, would you rather own Phidias's hard copy, complete hard copy, or this Colgate? Oh, mm, that's tougher. Um, uh, I don't know. I think at that point, I, I have to go with the the hard copy. That's probably where we're gonna diverge isn't it yeah no no i mean i the only to me it gets to like the sculpt and i would probably rather have the sculpt or the photo art than this yeah yeah but this thing is 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 a grail on a just a different level because it's the only known representation of an entire toy line yeah no it's it is something. I mean, it is awesome. Have you ever? I think he actually had it on display at a couple of celebrations. Have you ever seen it in person? Maybe, but I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never. I haven't spent this much time um, thinking about it. Now, there's also Star Wars Spanish stuff. Info. Yes, another um, great site. This is another great site, and they've written a lot about this. So yeah. I am going to translate this in real time. Uh, okay. What they wrote up about it. Uh, so they say it's from 1984. Um, and it says that uh, Colgate let out uh, a pack that include, included a Star Wars figure in 1984. Right. They said that it uh, lasted until 1985. Okay. And that there are some um, sellers who can uh, agree with this. They are there are no there are some testimonials for Imperial Strikes Back. I mean, Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars figures. Right. Um, and there's maybe sen- seen them with Yak Face. Mm-hmm. I do like getting back to the, the, the Grail yes. conversation. Muchos and... consideran esta pieza como el Santo Grial del coleccionismo <laughs> right español. So uh, in Spanish, yeah. they call it the Holy Grail. El Santo Grial. That is, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, 
yeah so this this is a this is a gem for sure yeah. so it's, the, it's only through hearsay that there's a chance that there's anything else other than this right. fortuna in right. that entire run yeah Wow. So that must be it as far as Bib Fortuna and teeth stuff goes. I mean, what are the odds of there being more Bib Fortuna teeth-related materials? Oh, if you were you know, being logical, you think that that's it. But no, there, there's more. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so there, there was this promotion through Oral-B uh, in the States for, uh, for Jedi. So in 1983, they had a set of Return of the Jedi-themed materials that dentists would, would have to uh, to send out to their patients. So uh, included in that were these little like you know appointment reminder postcards. And one so of I've them... never even heard of these. Really? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you, you my know trademark the toothbrushes. Is but... Yeah, I know the toothbrushes. I even have but... a I have a I have a I have the three pack of the toothbrushes. It's yeah. something I and, really like. And we've I think we've talked about the amazing dental health adventure book at some point. Yes, uh, we have in the past. Um, but this this is kind of a, another element to all that is is these dental checkup postcards. Uh, so there's a set. It looks like I think there's six of them. They're all Jedi related. Uh, most of them are, are pretty common promotional images. Uh, one of them though has uh, kind of a a similar representation as the paint by numbers set, where it's got Jabba. Uh, and Bib Fortuna over his shoulder with his little weird bong thing in the front. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's a dental checkup reminder postcard. And on the back, let's see, I think they all have their own little captions. It's nothing yes. nothing too spectacular. But oh, yes, uh, it is. Because oh, it, okay. actually, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, so the picture is great because I don't recognize it from being any other promotional image. It's the no. point where... You know, Bib gets really ex- – that's one thing I also like about Bib is he gets really excited, you know. He sits there and he has two modes. He has like grimace and growl and then he has like, let's go, you know. And, and so he's excitedly whispering into Jabba's ear and yes. on, the, on the back it describes the scene. Jabba right. the Hutt confers with his majordomo, Bib Fortuna, <laughs> in his Tatooine palace. There's that majordomo again. Like <laughs> – so these little just, kids are sitting here like, okay, I have to get my teeth fixed. What's a major domo? Exactly. Yeah, that's the exact thought I had. It's like that must have been probably for a lot of kids their first <laughs> exposure to that word. And it's just uh, it's just really funny to me that it's so prevalent with all of his, you know, representation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Man. It's, it's, uh, it says it's time for a dental checkup, and there's a special Star Wars Return of the Jedi surprise waiting for, and it's got the blank for, for Timmy or whoever. But uh, So you'd get a new, a new Oral-B Star Wars toothbrush, <laughs> a membership in the Star Wars Plaque Fighter Club, and uh, wow. Uh, and then, yeah, you get the, the uh, dental health adventure book. So these are these are awesome. I need, I need to get one of these. I've, Tessa got me the the dental health book a while back and uh i think i need to pair it with this yes absolutely (laughs) wow steve all right all right well listen maybe it's moved a little bit on the hatred of bib fortuna so so this is what i'm gonna do you know we're we're gonna we're gonna call phidias we'll take a break now in the show i'll put a little bit of music in here when we come back we'll be talking to phidias barrios about one of the most definitive character-focused collector runs in all of Star Wars collecting. 
Um, and we'll be talking to him about his nuggets and we'll be talking about all these things and all of his grails and then we'll finish up the show. But for now, I'm, I'm just going to, we're going to, we're going to sign off for now. I'm going to think about Bib Fortuna and learn to love. <laughs> Good. I got, I got one other reason to love him for you. Oh, okay. What's that, Steve? Okay. okay. So did you know that he is voiced by the same voice actor of Akbar? Tim Rose? No, no, no. The, the, the voice, not, not oh. the performer but the the actual dubbed voice i i, I no. the guy's name is not but yeah they're the same so next time you, you watch jedi yeah you know that that checks out <laughs> you know maybe yeah. we should make naywana wanga more of a thing that yeah it's it's uh i mean nejaba nobara is also another thing i really like too you know nejaba <laughs> nobara he says some weird things to r2 as well that just it he gets does. really creepy, really, really creepy. <laughs> yeah, uh. the the, the uh, bad lip reading makes Jabba the Hut. I mean, it makes uh, Bib Fortuna way better. Have you, have you seen yeah. that, Steve? I haven't. No, I'll have to do that. <laughs> Are you serious, Steve? I oh. haven't. No. Okay, we'll do no. that like immediately right now because it's he's got Bill Hader doing a voice like, "Oh, what you got going here?" And he's like all <laughs> creepy, like, and R two D two's voice is like, "Please stop touching me, creepy man." <laughs> And then, and then when 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 he like makes that weird move to like leave, and he does that huge that, that uh, gesture, arm, yeah, that yeah. gesture, it just goes, right. "Let's dance." <laughs> it's so funny. It, All yeah. right, bad lip right. reading, Return of the Jedi, Steve. You do that. Right. I'll go find my big Fortuna figure, and we'll meet tomorrow with Phidias. That sounds good. I don't even know where to go in this place. It's hey. So what y'all want? Well, hello to you too, creepy muck nightmare. Say so what now? What now? We have a message for that big slug guy thing. Dude, what? that is so rude. No, it's a perfectly good description of his body. Yeah, you stop now, little buddy. Dang, this is sharp right here. Please do not touch me. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. He kind of has this thing about horrifying creatures touching him. Let's dance. Let's dance. Let's dance. All right, Steve, well, it's a couple days later. How you doing? All right, doing the, doing okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just um, so I don't think I've really talked about it on the show, but uh, I've I've started doing a, a music review show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, if you're friends with me on Facebook, maybe you know, but I I do a uh, a new music review show. So three times a week, I review like new music. Um, it's called Sky Sweaty Record Review. Um, so if, <laughs> if you like the, I do it right after I go to the gym. Um, so if you like me. And the way that I talk about things, well, why don't you hear me talk about music for a couple times <laughs> a week? Uh, um, and uh, it's funny because I, I just got finished, Steve. I, my year-end, the artist of the year was Kanye. Um, <laughs> and I just did a, a year-end retrospective. And dude, I just talked 35 straight minutes off the top of my head about Kanye. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, your your mind is in the right place. <laughs> so, if that sounds good to you, uh, you you can you can check it out. Um, but uh, I think for most people, eh, who knows? The show is usually not about Kanye, but I do talk about George Lucas a lot in that episode too. Ah, there you go. Because I I think they're very similar uh, characters in the way that they put their own vision ahead of the ex- expectations of their audience, <laughs> which is what a true artist does, Steve. Yes, yes. Um, I, I didn't quite bring up Last Jedi. I came close, but I, I didn't. So Okay. Uh, well, hey, that'll, that'll uh, 
that will appease some people then. Yes. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in quite the mood. I just realized I should probably pitch that at some point. You know, I'll probably mention it. It's a. It's a fun side project. Yeah. Right? Are you okay with that, yeah. Steve? I think it's. I think it's perfectly fine. Okay. Come on. I, I've been editing the show and I edited out a lot of my nonsense, but I'll leave that in. But speaking <laughs> of nonsense, it is now time to talk to the world's biggest Bib Fortuna collector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know what Phidias's collection's name is? Do you? Know, yeah, I know you like collection names. I do. Uh, what? What? Okay. What is it named? La Biblioteca. La Biblioteca. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. But he's been very hard to get a hold of. We were supposed to record with him yesterday before yesterday. Supposed to record him yesterday. Uh, yeah. He's he's being quite tricky. Let's dance. Let's dance. Let's dance. Okay, well, Steve and I, uh, after much ado, are finally here with Phidias Barrios. How's it going, Phidias? Good, good. How are you guys? Hope you're... Yeah, we're, we're doing great. We're talking about the worst character in Star Wars, Bib Fortuna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I like you, Phidias, so I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted here. Um, and it does appear that you have an amazing run of Bib Fortuna stuff. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a new article that you wrote for the archive. But before we get to that, I'm going to tease that, we're going to uh, take through like how did you get such a crazy, insane collection of Bib Fortuna prototypes and what is it that you have? So let's okay. let, let's start yeah. here, Steve. What is the What do you think? It, what, what's your guess, Steve? What's the furthest back that Phidias' collection goes on the Bib Fortuna figure? On the figure itself? Yes. It's, it's got to go back to the beginning, right? <laughs> okay. How far back does it go, Phidias? What's the uh, the oldest piece you have in your collection? Uh, I guess probably the wax piece. Okay. Uh, that I got that I got from Chris G many, well, not many years ago. I don't know. 2006, 2007. I think that's when I worked out a deal with him for that. Okay. So uh, that's, that's the original sculpt, right? Not a, not a cast? It might be, I don't, well, looking at it, I don't know, my, maybe the torso and the legs might be cast, and mm -hmm. then the arms, I mean, and then the limbs and the head might be sculpt pieces. Okay. You know, I mean, you can, whatever it was that they were just able to save, you know, is yeah. back in the day. Okay, but, and what uh, what colors is it? This together. is the kind of tan colored, because you sent me a bunch of pictures, and I don't even like looking at them. It's like, it's like looking at, like, surgery photos. It's so gross. Uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, uh, most of the wax pieces are kind of like maybe either pinkish or maybe light beige right. or kind of peachy, kind of, okay. that kind of a shade. Yeah, because this is yeah. um, just disembodied and, and horrible. Um, so I, I see you have them separated here. So you have the arms and the head, and then you have them separated. So, Steve, what's the difference between a wax sculpt and a wax cast? Well, so this, the sculpt is the, the original art you know, sculpted by the sculptor. And then they would often create wax casts for, you know, if they're reworking a sculpt or for various other purposes, but they would have, a, you know, additional pieces from uh, from the molds that were cast in wax. So there's, there's some other, like, secondary stage wax pieces out there for a number of figures. But sometimes it's, it is, like like Fidius is saying, it can be kind of difficult to, to suss out what, what is what but right. so, so um, the, wa way, the wax casting would be like three or four steps later than the than the wax mold right well yeah i mean it's it's it can be kind of i think 
it's kind of in flux depending on what they're doing with the figure. If the figure design changes at all, they might uh, take a cast of the original and, and add to it or, you know, tweak it in some way. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a fuzzy area. Um, but in, it's interesting and important nonetheless. Right. I'm just trying to explain it for our audience uh, yeah, and yeah. me who sort of gets it, but not entirely. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. was, okay, so then they would they would make the the wax sculpt, and then they would make a mold from that sculpt, right? Mm -hmm. And right. so yeah. the wax casts would be made from that mold, right? That's how I understand it. That's that's right. Fidesz, yeah, and, and 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 depending on the sculptor too, whoever's right. working on it, you know, each each person had different methods of how they did their work, so um, so it would depend. Yeah. Right. And, and, and because like wax a crazy is, sculpt too yeah. with those tentacles too. It's it's a it's really <laughs> it's crazy when yeah. you think of it as a just the head as an individual piece. Uh, it's pretty nuts in terms of a Star Wars figure. Yeah, and, and, and it's really clear too that he has this like rope belt, um, which is funny right. because in in the description of how the character was created, you know, it talks about how he tries to look wealthy and have all this armor and stuff. And then he just looks like a Franciscan monk with like a, a little, a little rope belt. Okay, so yeah. then, so then the cast would be made, and maybe they would make alterations to that, and then make a new right. mold potentially. Is that right? Yeah, I think potentially. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, and so we just don't know. So what you have is an entire wax figure, Phidias, but it does like the the arms and the head look different from the torso and the legs so maybe they're different I mean, and you can definitely that. definitely from the you can tell from the shade of the color too like the right. the torso and legs are like uh kind of brighter mm -hmm. a brighter shade of pink um the arms and the head are darker and mm -hmm. uh and you can you can if you hold it in your hand too you can kind of feel the difference like the arms and the head feel a little bit more um have a different feel to it than the, than the legs and torso. Hmm. Okay. okay. All right. So that is the, you know, you're not going to get much better than that. Now, would you trade that for a Colgate uh, Bib Fortuna? Wow, that's a that's actually a really interesting question. I know they're both <laughs> they're both just as rare, in my opinion. But, right. Uh, but uh, I'd probably just stick with the wax. Okay. All right. I did not expect the answer to be so close. Okay. Um, now, 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 do you also have the photo art? Eh, no, no. It's in uh, it's in France. You know, right. like a lot of other things. Because so, wait a minute, does anybody or, have or, the original sculpt and the photo art of any character? Huh. Uh, doesn't um. No. Well, let's see. That's uh, a yeah, good question. Yeah, there's someone must. Yeah. yeah, because most people who would have a sculpt would not care enough about the art to have it, and and most people who would care about the art were too late to getting in the sculpts. Okay, so Phidias, that's your job. You have to get the photo art for Bib Fortuna. Okay, just make it happen. Just like like trade a week away or something. That's almost impossible. That's almost impossible. <laughs> All right. Well, you can do it. Okay. So then that's. That's a, that's a pretty good place to start, Steve, with the wax. Everything yeah. from here is going to be a disappointment. Do you see how I set it up so it gets most interesting to least? Um, okay, so what, what's the next phase that you have uh, in, in the, the production of the Bib Fortuna figure that I hated so much at the Ben Franklin in Cushing Square? Uh, then the unpainted hard copy. 
there should right. be I think there's a pick of that there. And that's yeah. basically uh, green, that was also right? that was also from that was also from Chris. Uh, and um, well, it's a Dynacast hard copy. It's uh, complete, has all the limbs and torso and head. And uh, I don't know if it's all from the same pore. That's a, that's always an interesting question. You know, you never know. Right. But it looks to be. It looks to be because uh, all the the color, the shade of green for all the pieces all match. It's pretty. Because you know, sometimes when they're yeah, yeah, because sometimes when they're different pores, the even if it's still all Dynacast, sometimes the shades will be different. Like it might be a lighter green or a darker green or a, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. So that I mean that piece looks like it's all from the same pore, which is pretty yeah. cool. And uh, now wait a minute though, he's he his pants have changed. He changed his pants. Look, <laughs> look, look at the pants on the hard copy versus the sculpt. Yeah, I mean the, the sculpt. Oh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely differences because um, this is where this is where some of that variation information comes in pretty handy because there's like a there's a Hong Kong bib, there's a Taiwan bib, and those different like from different countries, right. and uh, they have. There's different variances, variations with the sculpts. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not sure which one it is, but like the Hong Kong bib has a different like color, like a different kind of rope and belt compared to a ah. compared to a to, compared to a Taiwan or compared to a Macau. There's like different like you know little sculpting variances. So mm-hmm. things could have changed. You know, like when when those hard copies got sent to you know whatever, wherever, like either Hong Kong or Taiwan. They sometimes they might have tweaked the um, the steel mold, right. like uh, especially with the like the belt area. Like they might have like I don't for whatever reason I don't know why they would have done it, but they they do little tweaks to the steel molds before they start um, production. Wow! Or sometimes yeah. in the middle of it too. Like maybe right, in right. mid production they might tweak the mold. So okay, so so you have the the green Dynacast. Hard copy, which is a pretty special and, and unique thing. I mean, I believe there's a pair of hard copy arms that Brock is selling for 5K right now of a character. Uh, the prune face. Yes, a prune yeah, face. Prune face. So you know that definitely yeah. that's that's gone up a fair amount. Um, okay, and then what's the next thing that you have, Phidias? Uh Painted hard copy. Okay, now why are there painted hard copies and and unpainted hard copies? I actually know this, but I'm, I'm still asking just because it's good for the audience. I'm, th- I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the oh, public. It's, uh, well, it's uh, we. You mean why is it called painted? Because it's because it's painted. <laughs> no, no, not that. I, I think our audience isn't that stupid. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for you listening right now, you're that stupid. But everyone else knew that. Um, uh, yeah, you. You know, your shirt's untucked. It's okay. No one can notice. You picked your nose. Um, no, uh, it, like. Like why why were there unpainted and painted hard copies? Oh well, uh, for um, painted, like primarily, I would say for marketing. You know, like when they have to take photos of the figure to promote it before they release it, like in the catalogs and the, um, like uh, like what Kim Simmons would do, right? Or taking pictures of the figures for the card backs, right? Maybe uh, you would have you would have to do that before the release of the figures, and uh, I guess maybe sometimes all they had available were the por- prototype version still. Right. And uh, then you'd, you'd have to paint them to, to be able to, to take pictures of them. And um, what other purposes besides marketing? 
maybe uh, just quality control. Right. Yeah. No just, reasons. just, just see, you just know, to see how it looks. Awesome. Yeah, determining yeah, the paint yeah. scheme. Yeah. Right. So they, they went a, with yeah. ugly blue. That, that was good. Ugly blue for his <laughs> stupid face. All right. Um, <laughs> before we get to the proto mold, because I was looking at the wrong picture. So the painted hard copy, what's fun is that in that picture you've provided, you can see that they didn't paint the inside of the legs. So you can see the, right. the green of the Dynacast. Um, and, and I guess that's a hard copy cape as well, or I mean like a pre-production cape. Why is that not white or red? The, um, well, the accessories with that, um, the, the cape is definitely different. It's, uh, it's kind of thinner compared to the production ones. And, the mm -hmm. that, that plastic breastplate is also that that's not production either. If you like actually inspect it really closely. Um, but those are the, uh, those are just the accessories. Uh, and, um, that might be, I think Derby told me he's pretty sure that that hard copy is the one that's, uh, photographed on the 65 back. So those accessories have, have been with it this, this whole time. They're, they're, yeah. They come as a yeah. And then there's the proto mold. Steve, how many times have you told me what a proto mold is and how much do I still not know? <laughs> well, I'd say we've probably we've talked about it a little bit over the years, but it's been a while, so it's it's okay to be, to get a refresher. I, I swear, like Ron has sat me down. I'm like Homer Simpson with the ring toss game. Like Ron has told me over and over again exactly what it is. I just look and I just nod my head, and this is a <laughs> ring toss game. Uh, I hate to interrupt your fun, boys, but I got a few complaints that your game is crooked. <laughs> and oh, gee, I'd hate to close you down. Maybe we can reach a little. Uh understanding here i understand um hey dad i i think he wants Not right now son daddy's talking to a policeman uh, let me put it this way i'm looking for my friend bill have you seen any bells around here no he's smart uh, uh, listen carefully and watch me wink as i speak okay Okay. The guy I'm really looking for, Wink, is Mr. Bribe, Wink, Wink. It's a ring toss game. All right, that's it. I'm shutting this game down. All right, one more time. Let's help Sky understand what a proto mold is. I will let either one of you do it. I also found a banana, so I'm going to be eating a banana while you tell me about what a proto mold is. My favorite thing to do in the world. <laughs> Uh, uh, do you, do you want to take this video? So you want me to give it a try or? <laughs> I could, let me, um, well, proto molds. So, well, okay. I'll, uh, I don't, not reading anything, but the, um, the main difference with proto molds was that they were done at Kenner, right, Steve? They were done right. at Kenner and, right. and, uh, and they were cast with aluminum molds, not steel molds, which is, which is why they look, which is why they tend to look rougher like not as finished or not as refined as like a, as a, as a hard copy or, or right. even a production figure. Right. And, um, and one of the other telltale signs of it, of a figure that's a proto mold is that normally their head is, um, uh, removable, right? It's pinned. Right. So you can, you can, you can pull off the head, but, I, but I don't know the explain. I don't know the reason for this though. But the but the arms and the legs tend to not be um, pegged. They're like oh, uh, they're, they're more fixed, right? They're they're fixed in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, 
compared to like not not like um, hard copies. Right. And um, yeah, and I don't. They, and they were, they're they're kind of like I don't know. They're they're kind of like they're not earlier versions of hard copies, but no, but they're definitely they're definitely just as rare. Right. Rare sometimes. What I what I understood is that you know these aluminum molds were less expensive to to make and they can make them in-house so they could produce these and these are like a white plastic um yeah but yeah, oh that's right and they're yes. white plastic yeah. yeah so instead of the urethane huh. they're they're made of a, a white kind of milky plastic material and they would paint these and i think you know it's they would serve a similar purpose in some cases as the painted hard copy where they'd be painted and they'd have a lot of them would have accessories and stuff and they could be used for photography and, and whatnot but it, i think it was basically kind of a less uh costly method of, of producing a figure that looked at least aesthetically kind of like what the production figure would look like okay yeah does All that right. make sense so it's like a cheaper hard copy <laughs> yeah in a way okay that's all i had to say all right moving along then <laughs> <laughs> I did take a selfie of myself eating a banana while listening to you guys, so that that'll be on the enhanced version. You're, you're welcome, world. Um, okay, so then the next thing that you have, the next picture you sent us, Phidias, is is just it's just absurd because it's like a whole bunch of pictures. Now, first of all, all of your pictures of Bib Fortuna have this like weird like fuzz at the edge, and I was trying to figure out what it was. It looks like it's like scum or coffee or some kind of weird creeping death but then oh, i see that i had to take a, that's yeah. a I, I took the i put the figures on one of my um son's like a uh, storybooks that's yes. like a, a like a, a fox and it's like a it's a picture of a fox a yeah fox or like a rabbit or something so it says yeah, here like, yeah. Yeah, who yeah, is hiding rabbit in rabbit's <laughs> burrow or something like that but yeah like, this is the picture that reveals the, the the identity of the creepy stain it's who is hiding in in rabbit something yeah who is <laughs> hiding in rabbit. rabbit okay so that's the deepest cave cast cut you could possibly have <laughs> what is the book that phidias creeps sky out with with his bib fortuna protos <laughs> Okay, so, okay, first of all, let, let me point out that we don't need to talk about the bagged sign sample because we talked about that no. very recently with Brock about that find, and then we talked about those. So we can get that out yes. of the way. Right, right. Well, let's talk on the top row. There's all these weird Bib Fortunas, and I, and I want to talk about them for a long time, so I want you to describe them in two sentences or less. We are going to start with a white Bib, for, a Bib Fortuna whose robes are entirely white. What is up with that? That, that is a kit bashed figure. It's a bib head on a squid head body and, uh, oh and God. a white. It's take more than two sentences. White plastic. <laughs> that, is that three sentences? I think that was three. Oh my God. Maybe that was three. So why do they make this? Well, Steve, this is yeah, going to take that, forever. My question is why, why? <laughs> Kit bash, you know, in my opinion, kit bash figures are, you just have to, you, if you're going to get a kit bash figure, you better just make sure you know which Kenner employee you got it from. Mm -hmm. And all, all you, all you pretty much can say is you got it from that employee. That's it. Because right. that's, you know, boil, boiling and pot, kit bashing is basically like, for the most part is boiling and popping, right? right? You're just boiling the figure, you're popping out to the head or the limbs, and then you're, anyone can basically do it. So provenance is really just the the main thing with those kit bash figures. Yeah. Um, and that bib, um, I got it the, 
from uh, Derby, who and you know Derby is pretty reputable, right? So yeah, I just got it from him, and he got it. He got it directly from uh, a Kenner guy. Well, and, and the uh, staff—the staff is—is is, yeah, uh, exa- that the staff is what makes that piece. I, I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have gotten that figure if it didn't have the staff. Right, because it's, it's a kind of a translucent, that, translucent white yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it cool. Is there a name for his uh, staff? Anyone can basically. I don't know. No, <laughs> not as far as I know. That's a good question. Um, not as far as I know. All right. Well, why don't yeah? Why don't we call it his uh, his Phidias? Okay, we've officially named it his Phidias. Okay, all right, so that's a mysterious and weird and fun item. Next to it is a pink-legged and pink-armed Bib Fortuna. Ooh-wee, what up with that? That's just a, that's pretty much a standard first shot figure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a first shot. It's not, um, it doesn't have any date stamps or country of origin on mm-hmm. the back of the leg. And, and it's just shot in a different colored plastic. Okay. Uh, right. And yep, yep. All right. So that that's that's your boring first shot. Ugh. And then there's three horrible Bib Fortuna heads. I don't even want to talk about them. They gross me out. <sighs> okay. In three words or less. Ah. Okay. The white one. What's up with that? <laughs> white one is. Uh, that's actually rubber. That's actually pretty what? interesting. It's, it's not made out of plastic. Oh yeah. Why do you right. have so much interesting right. stuff, Phidias? <sighs> yeah. That's. When I, I got, that's another Chris G piece, and apparently from what Chris G told me was that Kenner was kind of toying with the idea of making his head rubber because of the, the because those tentacles were, yeah. those tentacles were pretty like, I guess they would have been hard to mold or hard to sculpt or whatever. So they were toying with the idea of just making his head rubber so those tentacles can just, you know, kind of like, um, you know, move around. Flop around. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but they never, but I guess they never, they never went through with that idea. And um, and then the other two heads are just first shot heads in different colors. Mm-hmm. Like, one's black, and I think the other one is kind of uh, pink or something, or, or kind yeah. of brown. Pinkish, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, St- hey, Steve. Yep. Uh huh. Did you hear what happened right in there? Uh, no. <laughs> the, the most interesting thing on the show was just said that they were going to do his head in rubber. That's like really interesting. That makes Bib Fortuna yeah, yeah. way more of an interesting character because now I'm looking at his tentacles and seeing the way they wrap around his body. And that must have really been a lot of effort and cost for Kenner to do. And it makes sense that they would have tried to do something else. That, yeah. that makes yeah. me sort of like Bib Fortuna a little bit right now. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that's, there that's, you go. Because imagine if it was rubber, right? I mean, what rubber, what, when did they ever use rubber? On a, on a three and three quarter figure, at least never, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is the the Dianoga. He's kind of rubbery, isn't he? I think he's still he plastic. Still, he's still plastic, but it's it's a little more pliable. But wow. that's the only thing that comes to mind. But yeah, wow. that would have been kind of a trip. Yeah, well, this is good. Hey, you know, how I feel I feel like um I feel like uh, Ace Ventura in the in the Bat Cave. That's how I feel with with all this Big Fortuna stuff. Oh, just get it off me. Okay. Well, then, thank you so much for that tour through this insane pre-production. I am now going to be testing you and Steve in a rare Skyled market watch. Oh, no. Okay. $1 Vlicks. Market watch.
Okay, so I'm just going to give you a few figures and you're going to have to tell me what did it sell for, okay? Oh, boy. All, All right. right. So. All right, I've got my, my pen and paper here. Up first is a carded Lily Letty Bib Fortuna that is off of its bubble, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. completely detached. The bubble is not attached at all. And it is a brown cape, not a burgundy cape. It's in fairly mm. good condition, but it's not graded. Okay, uh, you, ha you have your votes in? Uh, hang on, let me think. Let me okay. put it in my head. Um, I, I've written something down. It's probably nowhere close. Okay, okay I have something. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, what do you say, Steve? I put down 3,800. Okay, what, what did you say, uh, Phidias? I put, I mean, I, I, I had a 6,000 in my head. Okay. Well, no, it's a discount, guys. Only 1,300 bucks. Oh, man. 1,300? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Point for Steve. One, zero. Would, would you have bought wow. that, Phidias? <laughs> there's so many. The thing about, those, about that figure uh, on eBay, there's so many of them. And they're like, uh, you know, God knows how many of them are fake. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Is, well, there's true. there's a there's a couple um, burgundy cape uh, that are best offer best offer accepted, and mm. they seem to go below two two grand for the burgundy cape. Because um, yeah, there's there's surprisingly so many of those on there. That's why it's so um, yeah. It's, but, uh, well, anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, to... now up next is a question of what sold for more. So it's different. Ooh. It's just an up or down. Okay. A yeah. Lily right. Letty 30 back card back, just the card back, mm -hmm. or a Lily Letty burgundy cape loose in okay condition, Ooh. ungraded. Oh, boy. Uh -huh. Uh, I would. Sold for I, I would say the card back sold for more. Okay. I was gonna guess that too, just because it. I don't know. It just seems crazy, but yeah. Yes, I you're, gone card you're back. both correct. The card back sold okay. for eight hundred and fifty, and wow. the the loose, uh, the loose thing sold for uh, best offer somewhere under eight hundred dollars. Huh. Point. For Steve and Phidias. Score Steve 2, Phidias 1. So that's, uh, I don't, I mean, why is the card back going for so much? I guess maybe it's part of the CAS revolution of where you can like display, you can get things graded when they didn't go together. Yeah. Um, and so if you have a, a, you know, if you put a, if you put $1,500, into this effort, you could have what looks like a carded, uh, a carded uh, burgundy cape bib fortuna. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you search on eBay for a while, you'll notice that you'll you'll see more of those burgundy bibs than loose card backs. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it makes sense, I guess. Now, do, yeah. do, you, do you have a burgundy cape, uh, Phidias? Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. Uh, do you have a card? I have a, I have a, yeah, I have one of those. Okay. 
I, I just didn't know if that was like beneath you. Do do you have a do you, do, do you have do you have a white cape? Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. Carded as well. Yeah, I have a card. I have a carded one and a loose one. No, and a loose one. Okay. Wow. So there's yeah. there's nothing. Okay. So you you get any just common trash. That's really good to know. But the question is, and and this is the end of the right. of the uh, market watch. It is most definitely not the end. Your trademark is stupidity. You're just gonna have to guess what the price is for an ungraded clear bubble 65 back debut bib fortuna oh okay bit uh. which bib you what no no just just bib fortuna just the the standard kenner 65 back it's in oh, good clear condition okay it clear has bubble. a clear, has clear, a clear bubble. bubble and a toys r us sticker on it clear bubbles okay. pretty rare yeah um I, I put a number down. I've I have no idea where these these things are going these days, okay. but I've, I have I've got one. I have one too. Okay. What do you I'm say, ready. Phidias? Two hundred dollars? Okay, what did you say, uh, Steve? Right. I put two seventy five. One hundred and ninety nine dollars. Wow. Phidias right is on, on fire. <laughs> Almost. Point Phidias. It is now tied two to two. Brawlers. Wait, okay, then we need a tiebreaker. Okay, one last tiebreaker. Uh, the coin, the Major Domo coin. Uh, in fair condition, not graded. What uh, What did it sell for? Uh, okay, how about uh, you, uh, Steve? You put 650. Okay, Phidias? I thought he's one of the rare ones. <laughs> Phidias? Ooh, okay. Uh, 140? Oh my god, 150. Game! Phidias, three to two. Nice. Hey, there you go. Yeah, okay, yeah. so every, everybody sell your bid for two coins to Steve for 500 bucks. <laughs> You'll feel like you're doing him a deal. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, uh, the only, oh my god, there's one last one that's super fun, and that's tied into the best thing I got all year. There's a 65 back Canadian Bib Fortuna. So that's got the Nien oh, Nub offer yeah. in French and in English. Now, do you already have one of these, Phidias? That you know, it's it's. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's a surprisingly that's a very that's a very underrated, rare foreign card. Because yes. I I got mine maybe ten years ago, and I got I got one carded, and I I've, I've hardly ever seen them come up on eBay after that. They, they, they don't show up that often. No, they really don't. Um, and but, I, I, I am waiting for one in the mail for Chewbacca right now. And I'm so excited. Uh, I'm like over the moon with excitement. So uh, what do you, this is basically dead mint. This is a dead mint 65 back Canadian Bib Fortuna with the double language offer. And is it, is it graded or ungraded? Ungraded. Or? Ungraded. Ungraded. Oh, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll say four, all right, Steve. I had three seventy-five. One hundred and thirty-five dollars. Wait, actually, tie game, three to three. What? Yeah, I think, yeah, that. 
Well, that person, that, that person got it because it's, that, that's one of those examples of something being rare but not very popular. Yeah. So, so you know, or not very high in demand. Right. But, but it's still really, but it's still very rare. Yeah, that's just yeah. great. That that's a great deal. Um, that, there's there's a lot of good deals to be had for Big Fortuna. Um, a Sakuda was sold. You know, the Japanese one was sold in yep. good condition for ninety six bucks. Uh, mm. it, it's yeah. There's a lot of deals to be made on this horrible, disgusting, horrible, horrible <laughs> figure. Uh, all right, uh, because yeah, I mean, how much more rare is that? Is the Canadian one than the Mexican one? It's probably much more rare. Huh? Man, um, well, I think it might be. It might be like that situation. Remember when Bill Cable found that that uh, that forty five back uh, the three yes. forty five back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, we had a podcast. But about then, it. like Bruce listened to it. I don't know if you. Yeah, did. I think. But then I think it, if you hype up something enough, though, it'll like things will start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. So I think if those Canadian cards like start selling for five or six hundred dollars, then who knows? Then maybe. It'll, more of them will start popping up. Yeah, that's true. But um, all right. Well, in that case, we we finished the market watch. Phidias, you have demolished Steve. It turns out yeah, Steve doesn't like question. being a contestant, does he? <laughs> oh man, that was rough. That was brutal. That was like the World Series. Oh, oh gee, I'm oh, sorry, guys. Are you guys both Dodgers fans? I'm sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have brought oh. this up. Oh my god, oh. just uncalled for. Oh, God. Okay, uh, in that case, let's end it. We never end with a nugget, Steve, but let's end no, with our nugget, no. which is Phidias' new write-up. Okay. It is a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Okay, we're we're here at the nugget, and this is the thing, Phidias. Sometimes when I know we're going to talk about something on the show, I don't read about it at all. So I saw that you wrote I saw that you wrote this, or Steve, did you write this or did he? I, no, Steve. I, I didn't. I didn't write that. Okay. Steve wrote it. So, Steve, I saw that you wrote this nice article, and like most people do with nice articles on the archive, I chose not to read it. Um, but it looks very interesting. And so, explain to us what is in this article. Either of you, what is what is this little like Indian Hopi doll? What's happening here? <laughs> well, okay. So well, uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, okay. Um, well. Go ahead, Phidias. Yeah. Go. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you go? <laughs> Okay, uh, Steve, go. Okay. Well, years ago, I, I was visiting Phidias' place and uh, the, the Biblioteca, uh, and I noticed a really, really odd set of items on a shelf, and I had no idea what the hell was going on with them. And uh, it turns out that Bib Fortuna, his patent references some really, really odd, obscure, old items uh and phidias was able to track them all down and I, I think in terms of focus collecting that's that's just nuts like that it's 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 great i mean i don't think anyone else has really done this before at least successfully um so yeah that that's that's where this started it's a bid for tuna related 
topic that I, I knew would be really, really fun to talk about at some point whenever we got to this figure. Um, okay, so the, so the patent talk a little bit about references how, yeah. something else. So what does the patent reference? Right, right. so, uh, okay, I guess maybe just as a little uh, intro on, on the patents. They, they reference anything that was similar in like aesthetic quality, uh, yeah. things that, that you might not be related on the surface, but when you look at their kind of just physical characteristics, there is some similarity there. So with Bib, Phidias, what, what were the, there was three items, right, that, that he references yeah. on, his, on his patent? And, and and this all originated from, uh, again, Chris G is involved with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it's, uh, he, I remember it was, um, it was 2012, and when everyone was still on Rebel Scum, and he posted uh, a, something in, in, the, in, the, in the forum, that he found these patent reference links mm-hmm. for for the patents that they originally found like years ago, right? Right. So, so the patent references were basically these links that you know for a lot of the characters, a lot of the figures that, and some of them had like three or four references or one or two, whatever. So, when you clicked on the reference, you you would see like uh, for Bib because I already I had like that figure on going for him back then. When I clicked on Bib. I saw that there were three patent references for him. One was this like Indian looking doll. Um, the second one was this pilgrim girl. And they were all, those two were dolls. Right. And then the last one was like a statue or like some kind of like flower vase of a, of a, like they, the, it was labeled, it was written in the patent reference as like an oriental like flower vase or something or, or oriental flower holder. Okay, so, so just, just like to the, go back uh, a second. So then all of the patents for Star Wars toys are available on Google through the Google patent yeah. sheet information. So, right. so yep. you just have a printout of the patent. Is that right, Phidias? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because the actual patent yep. is probably somewhere in Washington, D.C. Okay, so then... Yeah. So the other example that you gave or that you gave here, Steve, was that Max Rebo yeah. was quoted as having a similarity to a stuffed toy elephant. Right, right. So some yeah. some references are, are obviously pretty pretty clear what the connection is. When you look at this this little stuffed elephant, it looks a good deal like Max Rebo. Right. Um, and so they're, they're but, trying to protect themselves by saying we know this looks like something else, but we're not the same thing. I think that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, to aid the the people um, reviewing these patents so they know what else is out there, and it's kind of, it's almost like an acknowledgement of yeah, there, there's this this similarity here, but we are different enough. Okay, um, it's explaining how they're different. Wow, this is really right. wild. First of all, it's uh, crucial for an earlier point made: the inventor is listed as Phil Tippett, uh, right? Not right. Niles yeah, Rodeo, yeah. Jamero, Patero, or Macquarie, or Lucas, but Tippett himself. Right. right, right. Okay, so then. Yeah, so let's, okay, so then it's compared to these three things. So the first thing is what? What's the first thing that they reference in the patent? The the doll um, wearing those robes and and it, the, the the patent reference when you read it for that doll is actually very vague because it only has the inventor's name. Um, and with that doll's, with the Indian doll's case, I don't, I can't remember. I can't, I'm not looking at the pictures right now, but it only has the inventor's name. Right. And, and then I, and I think the only description of it, it just says 
doll. It just says, does it just only say dolls? Uh, it not, just says, it, uh, it's just like a, a seminal doll. Yeah, it's a. They, they, they're very vague in what they describe these things as. But yeah, I mean, well, just, I know for sure. I know for sure it doesn't say seminal because that oh, was the whole. That was yeah, because that was the whole. How you found it? No, that's how you found it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because when it when it came to searching for it, that's where it became such a challenge because. Right. There were no there were no descriptive like search terms used in yes. the patent. Yeah, right? yeah know, it just, just says doll it. filed in, in 1932, yep. and it's a doll, and it's someone named Gudgeon is claiming to be. First of all, there's this amazing cultural appropriation and frankly thievery going on here, where someone's taking an Indian doll <laughs> and saying that it's their patent, right? Because unless right. Gudgeon is a member of a tribe, then this is a clear example of thievery. Yeah, right. So screw this guy. That's true, <laughs> but but then the child, but then it, well, I, and I guess that was also what made it so fun too was the because then that's when the hunt started, you know, because I started searching, try try just searching on eBay and, and just like going on eBay and just putting in the term doll, you'll come up <laughs> with like like thousands and thousands of, of of like you know just irrelevant things. So I had to like just start narrowing it. It became like a trial and error kind of search because I would just be searching various terms like i think i think at first i started out with indian doll mm-hmm. and that was still that was still way too vague too, like, too and this, is, with this is like like, like, like native american indians what we're talking about. yeah right yeah and then i and then i would just kind of just keep on narrowing it down narrowing it down and then like i would start seeing things that looked like that but weren't necessarily like it and then mm-hmm. and then i started going by what the sellers were using in their in their descriptions yeah. And then finally, like one seller, it wasn't the same doll, but the seller put like, like, um, Seminole Indian mm-hmm. and, uh, from Florida and, and Seminole, the Seminoles, I guess are a tribe in like central Florida. Yeah. Right. So who, who are most interesting so because that's, they're, that's, they're actually the, the runaway slaves and the Seminole tribe are completely intermixed. So it's a pretty interesting cultural area uh, and, and yeah. cross, you know, cross anyways. Yeah. That's the Seminoles are. Right, and then the the patent has like the they put the the, the location of, of the one that's filing it, and that and that patent was filed in Florida as well. It was Fort Lauderdale, so that that's another kind of connecting piece, I guess, for the. Wow. So you yeah. so you yeah, there, found there. the doll. I finally found it. This is and I'm like, I don't know how many. It, it took years. It took years of just like having stuff on my watch list on eBay and just searching on eBay for these things to come up, these three pieces, but it took years. And like, uh, one of the one that doll finally came up, it came up. I don't know if the seller was in Florida, but he, um, he had one and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it matched it perfectly. Right. And then when I started emailing him some questions, he told me that he got it from, um, God, I don't, I don't remember if he told me he was in Florida, but it's like it's basically like a tourist gift. He just like was driving down the road, and uh, one of the stands was selling those dolls, like one of those roadside stands. Yeah. And he just bought one. Wow. And he just bought one, and um, and then yeah, and then he just put it up for sale, you know. So that that's how I was able to find that piece eventually. And, it, it, and it's um, amazing looking at this doll because it's it's not at all like Bib Fortuna, but right, but. I mean, but I then it sort is. of see it like when you put them next to each other, yeah. the way that the yeah. clothes is draped down, are draped down, and 
it's almost like a, a striped pattern on at least in the the drawing on Bibb's patent. It's got that kind of layered uh, look to his robes, and the and the the doll has that kind of layered effect on on the robes on the doll too. So I guess that must be it. But that's the the characteristic yeah. that connects wow. them. Wow, that's yeah, that's this is great. This is like really interesting stuff that they would somehow figure out that they had to do this. Now the next thing is an is an oriental flower vase. Flower, flower. I think in the pan it's called flower holder. Flower um, holder, yeah. And this yeah. one's actually and so that that doll was nineteen thirty two. This one is from nineteen twenty six. That's when this one was filed. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's at Cowan, right? Cowan yeah. pottery, right? Mm -hmm. And that was that was that's probably my favorite piece because I've always just been a fan in general of like art and stat, you know, like sculptures. Mm -hmm. So so to be able to find that one was like kind of like a, a extra extra rewarding. Um, but that's the same thing too. Like at, originally, like I would just put in like those pan holders' names yeah. on for searches, but that. Yeah came up with nothing that would come up with nothing at all and yeah. then but with Cowan it was um he's actually um he's actually has a company I guess I don't know if he's still around but he actually sculpted he, he made a lot of stuff he actually has a book so I was able to find that um again uh, just more eBay searching and mm -hmm. uh it it finally came up just you know one day where but but that one also was hard to do because a lot of the owners of these people, Cowan is not a very, you know, it's not like a very well-known company. So people that own stuff from him, they might not even know that it's a Cowan piece. Right. Right. So, so, so they, they, they won't, you know, they, they won't, they'll just list it kind of generically when they're selling it. And, and, um, when I finally found that one, I, I don't even think the seller put vase or like, you know, flower holder or anything. She just put like statue. Yeah, you know, like a, like a Chinese statue, because that's another thing. It's the the keywords were so important, and it's like it was a lot of it, it was a lot of trial and error, like trying to locate that one too. You know. Yeah. And, but um, it yeah, it finally you know it eventually came up, and then I remember the day I found it, and it was finally delivered to my house. It was like I sent Chris G a picture of it because <laughs> you were, and then uh yeah, and then and then when and he was like, oh, you're 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 searching for those pan reference things like, <laughs> you know, in his, in his, uh, Christy voice. But so, <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, that was a, that was another fun one on this. And this one, I guess it, it's funny because, uh, earlier we were, we were talking about his design as a character and, um, Rodas Jamero talked about how he wanted him to have kind of almost like a, a feminine quality to his posture. And this is, this is this like really beautiful, elegant, female figure that has similar robes and I guess it's the robes that's that's connecting them but otherwise there's nothing yeah it's just uh it's just funny yeah wow um yeah this is this is really intense and then there's a third one <laughs> which is just the least understandable right this, this that was the that was probably that was maybe the funniest but that was probably the hardest one because I couldn't figure out for such a long time what that king doll was you know it was like it was like it was, you couldn't I, I couldn't tell that it was um like at first when you just look at that doll and and the description from the patent is also it's just very vague it doesn't right. it doesn't say anything right. on it except that it's a doll you know so 
I, I couldn't figure out that it was a pilgrim doll. Like my, my, my initial searches were like, like Western European doll or mm-hmm. Eastern European doll or, yeah. or like early American doll or something. I was right. trying to like come up with all these search terms that were like coming up with nothing. It was like just coming up with stuff that was too vague. And then, and then I was even thinking that because the skirt was so puffy, like, like poofy. Yeah. I was thinking it was like, I, I was, I was thinking it was like a, like a pushpin doll, like a, a doll that you would like put needles in. Yeah. This looks like, a, like okay. Sewing. So, so for, for yeah. context, it's a black and white drawing of a yeah. really, it's a line drawing of a, what looks to be a very fat woman with braids and, she right. looks as un like the only thing that connects it to Bib Fortuna is these braids could be considered like his disgusting yeah. head yeah. slime. Um, right. Wow. And so, what did it end up being? What kind of doll did it end up being? Well, the, the the one clue that finally I noticed that finally like unlocked everything was the was her collars. Like the like if you look at her her collars underneath her neck, like how they're very long and pointy. Right. Mm. When I when when I started to look at that, I was like, okay, wait, that's something un- kind of unique. You don't really see that on other kinds of dolls, right? And then and then like I think I just got lucky one day when I was searching for dolls on eBay that I saw a, a like this pattern to like um, sew um, a, a pilgrim a pilgrim girl out like costume, mm-hmm. you know, like the May like Mayflower and all that, you know, the early. Uh, you know, landing on Plymouth Rock kind of thing. Yes, right. So I, I, I saw the, I saw the, 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 the outfits that that those women were wearing, and it, I was like, oh, that's a, that could be a pilgrim collar. That's that's the kind of collar that the pilgrims wear, you know. So, so then when I narrowed my search down to pilgrim costumes or pilgrim dolls or pilgrim toys, things like that, that's when I started coming up. That's when I was on the right track finally mm-hmm. with my searches. And, and, and then there's this, there's this line of dolls with pilgrim girls that like, they have like a, a, a basket of fruit sewn onto their hand. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then they, of course they have braids on the back and then they have right. like a little cap on their head. So that was, that was finally it. I, once I, once I narrowed down my search to pilgrim girl dolls, I finally was able to locate that, you know? Wow. And, and this um, one, this one's from 1943. So it's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. So it's just... Oh man, that's crazy! Wow. And so, all right. Yeah. So then, all these things were cited by the lawyers as being potential influences on the Bib Fortuna patent, and you just located that. And and that's it's weird because I mean, it's not like these figures actually influenced Bib Fortuna, right? So how how did no, how does this right. work? It's not like they actually were like, hey, let's how are we going to do this character, and then. Phil Tippett was like, well, I was driving through Florida one day on my way to a Sturbridge village in Massachusetts when I accidentally ran over a Chinese family. And anyway, you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it just shows the kind of weird state of mind that that like patent lawyers must be in at all times, yeah. <laughs> like just trying to find these really strange visual connections that really don't have anything to do with <laughs> with what they're being referenced to. And we we, we but, might have to get Tommy yeah. on here to discuss this, but would they have to pay the people who made these dolls, who held the patents on these dolls, any money for every Bib Fortuna toy that was sold? Um, that's a good. That's a good yeah. question. I'm that not, I'm, I, not I, sure. I I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Wow. All right. Really strange. Wow. Well, this is this is really next level collecting, Phidias. Um, I feel slightly bad about how much I've I've disparaged your favorite character. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, this is really cool getting to see these things together. And I I, I don't know. We should we should maybe have a, a Photoshop contest. Who can Photoshop these three things together to make it look the most like Bib Fortuna? Um, can can you can you do it? We'll put that out there. The other thing too is like you know the all those references or all the patents. Chris accumulated them all on the archive in in a reference section. So if you are curious about other characters that and all the bizarre things they might be connected to, you can find out if you go to the archive. Yes, which is the point of the entire show. Go to the archive. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Phidias, for eventually making it onto the show. Um, You're welcome. No problem. <laughs> hey. Hey, all right. So that was good. I yeah, am uh, getting ready to upload, and I'm trying to edit the video by New Year's Day, Steve. I, I okay. don't. I don't know if I'm going to do it. It takes a long time to edit. I've already that, edited that's... basically half the show, but having to wait for Phidias, it may push it in January. But the good news, Steve, is that it doesn't matter at all. Uh, <laughs> no. I uh, got a fair amount of feedback from last uh, last month, which you don't really need to talk about. Um, the Grail scale got a lot of attention. Um, it did. Yeah. I, I edited out us talking about it earlier in the show. I don't think we need to talk about uh. it. Who cares? I tried to do something fun. I thought it would help the hobby. It turns out it just made everybody angry and hate each other. Um, it's not my fault the whole world has become Hillary and Trump. I, I'm just over here. I'm just Kanye trying to bring peace and love to everybody. But, uh, but no one wants it. Everyone wants hate. I'm trying to bring together the people. It's okay. Um, I did put out an interesting uh, question about whether or not people watch it on YouTube or on uh Right, as a right, podcast. Right. And I'm really happy yeah. to see that a lot of people really do. Because, uh, you know, now that I have my YouTube show and I'm like, every time I get a subscriber, like, it actually gives me a sense of joy and happiness. Um, and yeah. Then, and then I look at the at the Kivecast, and Kivecast has like 200 viewers and has like tens of thousands of minutes watched and thousands of views. So we're getting a lot of a lot of traction there. So um, it's, a, it's a really good thing that you, you, you've done that. I, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, Thanks for taking the extra time to do it too. Well, it's where it's it's where the audience is going. Um, it's I, I think that as yeah. time goes on, more people are going to have this on in the background, like you are right now. That guy, you know, you who picked your nose earlier with your shirt untucked. You know, you're, you're listening to the show on YouTube. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's just funny because it's been really hard to keep podcast enhanced. Uh, because uh, yeah. Apple took out that functionality four years ago, so I have to have an old version of GarageBand that I record the show on. Um, and no mm -hmm. one does enhanced podcasts anymore because it, it's just a stupid ah. I idea. So, but I knew that it was important for some reason. And then when I came up oh, with, with the yeah, idea yeah. of doing YouTube, <laughs> now all I have to do is just convert the video using a video converter with the help of Lobart. And then everything, all the work that I do for the enhanced version is just transferred immediately over to YouTube, so that's, it all it all pans great. out. Yeah. Good, good. Yes, cool. Uh, who is the figure next month, Steve? Uh, so we've got uh, the three-eyed monster. Reese is next. Ooh, Reese, that's kind yeah. of a fun one. 
yeah, no, I, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Um, and I don't know if if well, we were talking about maybe getting a, a blog log pod out relatively soon. We got uh, a good article from Ron, and uh, we've got a lot of archive party stuff to talk about. Yes, too, we do. So, um, yeah, we do. A lot of good things. A lot of good things. All right, Steve. Well, then, in that case, until those good things happen, to you I say, wampa wampa. Adios.